Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is October the 14th, and our chapter for today is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul has been discouraged while he was at Ephesus. The scripture says in chapter 19 of the book of Acts that he wrestled against beasts. And those are not literal beasts. Those are the beasts of hell that had attacked him through the coppersmith, the silversmith, and all of the smiths who were there trying to destroy the ministry of the Apostle Paul because people were coming to Jesus, becoming followers of Jesus, devoted to him. And in doing that, the people at Ephesus had completely dried up the idol ministry, that is, the little silver idols of the goddess Diana and so forth. So Paul, the time that he had left the Corinthians and come to Ephesus, he had been in a fight continually fighting against the beast of hell. And again, you can read about that in Acts chapter 19, but it was a fruitful ministry. It was one that God was blessing in every way. And so he has been telling them about how God had given him this great treasure, this great power, this great ability, enablement, divine enablement to preach the gospel, the good news that Jesus had died for their sins and and his and ours, and that he had been buried and that he is alive today. He had been resurrected from the dead. And so he's talking about this ministry when he ends up chapter three, and he says, therefore, on the basis of everything that I've told you, since we have this ministry, and that's the word diakonos, where we get our word deacon, since we have this ministry, we have received mercy. We do not lose heart. Ekakeo. Ek means out of. Kakeo. Kakeo is the word for evil. Means out of evil. That means you are out of weariness. That's from the inside. He said, because we've received mercy and God's given us this ministry, we do not grow weary. That's the idea of getting that weariness out of you and not allowing it to control you. That which is bad on the inside, always pulling you down, that's not going to destroy you. This is what Paul said, that which is normally what causes us to lose heart, this is what encourages us because we know we are living in the will of God. He said, but we have renounced the hidden things, Kruptos, that's the word you change always rhythmically when we're transliterating from the Greek language into the English language, the U rhythmically becomes a Y. So Kruptos, that's K-R-U-P-T-O-S, that O-S is a inflected ending of the Greek language. You take that off and you have the word crouped. Well, if you change the U to Y, it becomes crypt. Nah, now you're getting it. The cryptic, that is the hidden, that which is secretive, 
Anything that is hidden or secretive, it's called cryptic. There are encryptions for our text and for our emails. They are encrypted from one end to the other, or so they say. And what that means is that it is secretive. It is hidden. It is not readily manifest to people. This is what he's talking about. He said, because God has called us, because God has given us the ministry of service, because that's what we're called to do. Once we become followers of Jesus, once we have our sins forgiven and he is our Lord, then we are drafted willingly into his service. We have received the grace of God, and so therefore he owns us. We give him our lives. We live intentionally for him, intensely for him, because he is our life. And so he says we do not lose heart because we understand that this ministry is going to be tough, but God grants us mercy. That's what verse 1 says. And because of this, we don't allow the bad on the inside of us continually trying to pull us down to cause us to be weary. We don't lose heart. We don't faint. We don't pass out and saying, oh, I can't believe all this is happening to me. People don't like me. They shun me. They're trying to destroy me. They're trying to ruin my life, my reputation, my integrity. This is part of life. It's part of what the calling of God to be a follower of Jesus. This is what happens to every child of God who is living like Jesus lived, loving people enough to tell them the truth, caring for people. Anytime we care for people, we're going to get hurt. Anytime we love people, we're going to make ourselves vulnerable. But what happens is we lose heart. We just quit loving people. We quit reaching out to people. We stop being vulnerable. We stop loving and we stop serving. The moment you do that, you start dying as a child of God, not spiritually so. That's impossible because we're alive in Christ. But we start losing heart. We start fainting. We start passing out. And we say, oh, how can this happen? This is our calling. And we're going to suffer for Jesus' sake. But if we suffer with him, the scripture says we will reign with him as well. Not just in the messianic era, in the decades and centuries ahead. No, that's even now we reign with him because in him we are more than conquerors. We don't lose heart. And so he says those secret things that we once did that nobody else knows about, we have renounced all of that. We ourselves, that's the word. It means that at a point in time we renounced it and it remains renounced unto this day. It's in the perfect tense. It's in the middle voice. That means we ourselves have made that decision. The middle voice, I believe, is the voice of personal responsibility. And so that's exactly what Paul did. He took responsibility. He said, what brought shame to the name of Jesus? I've renounced that and that's in the past. And he said, I'm no longer walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel has a curtain pulled over it, it's the word kalupto. You put that with apo and you have apocalupto or apocalypse, which means to draw back the veil, to uncover. Here it says, but if our gospel is hidden, if it is veiled, if it has a curtain over it, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age, that's Satan, the accuser, Diabolos, 
the one who is our adversary and our accuser. Satan means adversary. Diabolos means the accuser, the one who strikes us through with a spear. After he's tempted us, he laughs at us and says to God, is this the best you have? And so he says, if our gospel is hidden, if it is veiled, if it's covered up, if we're not letting anybody know about the gospel and we've got it hidden inside of us, then it says the God of this world has blinded those people and they're going to stay blind because if they don't hear the gospel, if they don't see the light and the glory of God that's in the person of Jesus and him shining on them, then he said, they're the ones that are going to be perishing. But he said, we are bond slaves. We are willing slaves of Jesus, willing servants. And God has commanded us to let the light shine out of darkness. He's shown in our hearts and given us the knowledge and the glory of who Jesus is. We need to share that with others. Because you see, this is a great privilege. But verse 7 says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Isn't this amazing? It's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about how much we suffer or don't suffer. It's not about how easy or how hard we have it. Paul said we have a treasure. The Greek text says thesarion, thesarion, thesarus. You know what that is, a thesaurus. What is a thesaurus? It's where we get our word treasure. That T, if I said thesaurus, then you could actually hear it better. But that TH, that is the, and it is a thesaurus. What is it? It's a treasury of words. The word thesaurus doesn't mean treasury of words. It means treasure. And so when you have a thesaurus, you have a treasure of words. You have one word and then all the treasury of words that are similar in meaning, like their shades and nuances of the same word, basically mean the same thing, but through a different light. And so he says, we have this treasure, this incredible gift in earthen Vessels. Now, what is the word earthen vessel? What it is the word for ostraca? It literally is the word ostrakinos. Ostrakinos. That is where we get the word transliterated from Greek into English. Ostraca. What is an ostraca? An ostraca is a clay pot, a clay vessel, a clay lamp, but primarily a clay pot that has been broken. And as it has been broken, you didn't waste anything unless you had to get rid of something because it was too heavy to bear, something like that. But when a vessel was broken in the ancient world, they didn't have papyrus all over the world. It hadn't been exported everywhere from the diluvian fan of the delta, that delta of Egypt, where the papyrus grew so heavily, and everyone didn't write on vellum, which is sheepskin, which was another writing material. Uh, many times they would write on broken 
potsherds, what we would call potsherds. That is broken vessels that still had a piece of that. The potsherd was large enough to write on. They would write scripture on it. They would write commentary on it. And as they did that, then it became even more valuable. This is what we count as a manuscript, as a tool that God used to pass on the Word of God or a particular message from God. And so this is called ostraca. What was the ostraca? It was a reject. It was a broken vessel. And so what Paul says is we have this treasure of the gospel that sets people free, that gives them knowledge, gives them light, gives them courage to go on and to not quit. Because that's what he was saying. Because of this ministry that God's given us and the mercy that we've received, we don't quit. People are dropping out of the ministry like flies falling. All over America, people are getting out of the ministry every week, every day. People are getting out of the ministry. Why is this happening? Because we have lost our purpose. We have lost our vision. We have lost the ability to walk with God, it seems. And we are so spoiled and our expectations are so high and wrongly set that when things go bad and they go bad over and over again, we say, well, God must not be in this. Well, I'm so glad Jesus didn't quit. And God will enable us not to quit. Paul said, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to pass out. I refuse to quit because God has enabled me to be in the ministry. He's given me this ministry. And in verse 7, he says, we have this wonderful gospel, this treasure, this thesarion. We have that in earthen, broken clay vessels. But you see, just as those potsherds, those ostraca were used to write the divine message on, to write it out so that it could be passed on, so we have this treasure and we are the ostraca. We are the broken vessel. We have in our very hearts, in our very lives, we have the message, the treasure of God, the gospel, the person of Jesus, his works, what God has done in our lives. We have that, but we're broken vessels. If you look at my life and you say, well, you've got some faults. Your feet are clay. You know what I would say to you and have said to people that have told me that? I've been told that all my life. But I just learned several years ago that not my feet are clay, my body's clay, my legs are clay, my arms are clay. I am a broken vessel. Sin has broken me. My own bad choices have broken me. Other people have broken me. And I have been shattered. And the parts of me have been discarded. And to some people, I was a reject from the beginning. Some people have never given me the benefit of the doubt after 47 years of ministry and walking with God. Because you see, if you ever live a life that's ungodly and you come to Jesus, some people will never believe that it's real. And once you become a child of God, once you become a devoted follower of Jesus, once you become a believer, 
and you have received the grace of God. If you mess up, which you will, some people, depending on uh, your mess ups, will probably never forgive you and say that will never happen. They will, they, they're never anything. They're just a reject. You and I need to receive that as a compliment because the Apostle Paul said God takes rejects and uses them. God takes discard and puts them back in the deck. God takes us when we're broken and he puts us back together because all we are are broken vessels. You say, well, you shouldn't talk about yourself like that. God does. And whatever God says about me is right. But you see, he puts inside of us these wonderful treasures of the person of Jesus, the Holy Spirit living in us. He gives us the gospel. Why? So that he can write it on our hearts, our broken vessel, our ostraca. He can write on us. And then he wants to do that, not so that we cover up that ostraca, that message, but so that we pass it on to the next generation and the generation after that. That's what ostraca are. I've seen ostraca that has writing on it that's 2,000 years old, 1,700 years old, 1,600 years old. It is still there. It's still written, and people are still reading it 1,700 years later. Who knows if Jesus allows this world to continue as it is? Could it be that 1,700 years from now, generations and generations pass where we are, that the legacy that we leave could affect generation after generation? Well, this is what God promised. He said to those who sin, I will curse them up until four generations. But he says, for those who honor me and love me, I will bless them for thousands. Now you say thousands, what does that mean? Well, the word generation is not in the text. And so he curses to the third or fourth generation, those who live ungodly lives. And we see that through alcoholism, through lifestyles, and that gets into the DNA of a family. But let me tell you, that's to the third or fourth generation. That's what he meant. That's what the text implied. Well, the same phrase is used for the blessing of God. And he says, I bless for thousands. Not thousands of people, thousands of generations. You see, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And so we have this treasure in earthen vessels. We have the the sarion. We have that in ostraca. We are the ostraca. We're vessels. We're tools. Why? So that the hyperbole, hyperbole, same principle that you has turned to a hyperbole, that means over and above, to cast above. It's hyper, it's above. So in other words, the excellence that God gives, the word excellent is hyperbolic. That means it is exceedingly, it's what, I mean, it's almost like it's hyperbole. That's where the word comes from. It means to go far beyond. You know, someone will say some outlandish statement. They'll say, I'm not speaking in hyperbole. And what they mean is, I'm not exaggerating. What God says is, the treasure that we have in these ostraca, these broken vessels that we have, it is hyperbolic. And what is hyperbolic? The power of God that is in us. And so he says, and Paul goes through this litany about how he's hard pressed on every side, yet he's not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. 
We're always caring about this concept that we are in Christ and in Christ we die so that his life may live through us. Oh, read it and read it again. And don't give up. Don't give up. Because of the ministry that God's given us, brother, pastor, don't give up. Sister, brother, who's out there struggling and saying, I'm trying to lead my family and I'm trying to be a witness at work and I'm doing this, that, don't quit. You have received this diakonos, this service, this ministry. God's shown you mercy. He's given you power. And so you must not, you cannot quit. You have to go. You cannot lose heart. You cannot stop. God made us to win as we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.